Hey everybody. <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh my goodness. Happy Sunday. Oh my goodness. So I'm just I just been so excited about this season of conversations. I feel like this it, it's about to be 2 years that we've been doing the sex talk in um in uh April. April 26th is our is our birthday here at the sex talk so it's crazy that we're coming up on two years of doing this work in sex education together as a community i'm so appreciative to be able to hold the space and be a part of this and all that good stuff so yes welcome back to another episode of the sex talk i am your host sunny i'm 29 my pronouns are she her my orientation is queer I am a nigga. My ethnicity, my ethnicity is black and African American. And my relationship to today's topic, before I disclose what the topic is, you already know the topic because it's in the title. But my relationship to the toxic, uh, the toxic, that very much too, because <laughs> this topic is very toxic. Um, I am in a society that equates a woman's worth to how many people she has been with sexually. Also, deconstructing my own conditioning of this belief is my relationship to the topic. So that's the intent and idea um, that I'm coming into this conversation with. So let's definitely get into it. You feel me? So um, updates. If you fuck with the sex talk, please don't hesitate to support us, okay? And you, 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 how to support us? You ask, <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. Um, you can follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter. At Instagram and Twitter at TST TV. No, 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 no. The Sex Talk TV. Yep, Instagram and Twitter, The Sex Talk TV. Cash App and Venmo, TST TV 143. Facebook, The Sex Talk by Lieutenant Sunny. The, the Sex Talk Podcast by Lieutenant Sunny. Um, and if also, if you don't have a paper, uh, if you don't have like a cash app or Venmo and you want to support us monetarily in a different avenue, just email us or drop us a DM on one of those, uh, social media platforms and we can, we can make that happen. Okay. Don't even trip. Okay. So, um, yeah, this conversation was really interesting. These notes, I'm not going to lie. These notes took a lot of time to develop because, um, I was rehashing my own shit. You know, I, I, I don't think there's anybody in the world that isn't impacted by purity culture to some extent. Um, whether you're a religious person or not, you know, I think purity is something that, you know, like if you are a sexual being and you engage in sexual activity or you are interested and you have sexual thoughts, you are impacted by purity culture to some extent which just blows my mind but like but like all of the conversations here on the sex talk um like all of the conversations here on the sex talk this is not the last time we're going to talk about this and actually uh another announcement um huge shout out to the u of m i connected with uh someone over there and they want to collaborate with the sex talk for their sex ed week here uh in february here in february um so yeah super excited about that um yeah so you know that's all i would say about it right just be on the lookout because it's gonna be good but um the abstinence abstinence based education is something that we're going to discuss um in our conversation slash collaboration with the u of m sex ed 
department. So shout out to y'all for doing all that good work. Um, and if you don't know what the U of M is and you're listening outside of Minnesota or in, in a different part of Minnesota, U of M stands for University of Minnesota. <laughs> but I digress, okay? So let's just jump right into it, okay? Let's define purity. So the definition of purity on Google search is, number one, freedom from adulteration or contamination, okay? So the example they gave is the purity of our drinking water, quote-unquote. And similar words to purity are cleanness, freshness, lack of pollution, wholesomeness. Those are like four of many words, but those those words just stuck out to me. That's why I chose them. Okay. And then the second, um, the second definition is freedom from immorality, especially of a sexual nature. And the example that they gave was white is meant to represent purity and innocence. Isn't that something? The color white. I'm just going to let that sit right there. If you know me, you know what I'm trying to say. And I don't even need to say it to say it. Well, that's what they equate the, the color white to, right? So similar words to um, from that definition are virtue, lack of corruption, morality, goodness, righteousness, honor, honesty, integrity, uprightness, decency, worthiness, innocence. This shit is screaming racism. But anyway, um, the word purity was used heavily in the 1800s. The usage gradually depleted all the way to the 1940s and has had a steady plateau to the present. Yeah, it's seldom do I hear people use the word purity in relation to people and more so the purity of water or the purity of a substance or... I mean, not like that. <laughs> Just the purity of a of a thing and not necessarily the sexual purity of a person. So let's define uh, virginity too. So you guys had a lot to say about virginity and purity culture and abstinence um, in our uh, Instagram conversations. And I like... Like always, I always appreciate when people engage in those conversations. So if you're not on our Instagram, please go ahead and tap in. Follow us at The Sex Talk TV on Instagram because I'm always keeping stories, uh, the stories going. I want you guys to talk. Like, that's the point is that we could talk about it. Comment, let me know your thoughts and things like that. That's the point of The Sex Talk is to have a conversation. And I can't, I can't have the conversation without you, you know? Okay, so the first definition of virginity is the state of never having had sexual intercourse, okay? Number two is the state of being naive, innocent, or inexperienced in a particular context. So, um, like, uh, people say, like, I have virgin skin when they haven't had a tattoo, or I have a virgin body when I haven't had piercings. Or a virgin cocktail when you don't when you when you don't drink alcohol, or virgin hair when it when it's super pure from wherever it is from and no one's used it yet. So virgin, I'm I'm not the I'm not um I'm I'm not a big fan of that word virginity or virgin because of my upbringing and what virginity you know was taught to me specifically about sexual context I'm not a fan of the word virgin using virgin in any context I would just say I would just say like I don't have tattoos I don't have piercings I've never used this hair before you know like that word it just has such negative context in my mind that's just not my favorite 
okay? What do you think about that? What do you think about purity and virginity? Just made my stomach hurt. Just thinking about those words, but yeah. Um, I like I would rather say and even in a sexual context, I haven't had sex before, I haven't engaged in sexual activity. I don't call people virgins. Like if I if I know somebody now, like in the last few years, if I know somebody hasn't had sex before, I would just say that. I would just say they haven't they haven't had sex before. <laughs> I guess people just want a word. They're innocent. Even saying innocent, it's like what does innocent mean? Like you're like yeah, just y'all know how I feel about words. But anyway. Um but shout out to both of those definitions for not using the word to explain the word. So I don't I don't give enough praise for those definitions. So boom, first question, is sex ed still being taught in schools? Hmm. Let's see. All states are somehow involved in sex education for public school children. As of October 1st, 2020, 30 states in the District of Columbia require public schools to teach sex education, 28 of which mandate both sex education and HIV education. What do you think about that? I think all I think I think sex ed of some sort is important, um, especially especially if it's not abstinence based. It's just research based off facts. I think people need to know these things, especially young people, um, young people who are developing hormones scientifically, like just based off like how we develop as humans. When you start to develop hormones, I believe that you should know what comes with that and how you your desires and your, um, you know sexual impulses potential sexual impulses and things like that with all things considered not saying impulse in a in a harmful way um don't we don't condone that this way uh the next step is only 14 percent of middle schools and 38 percent of high schools teach all the topics required in sex education however parents can opt opt out of sex education um for kids in 36 states in the u.s some of these states are inclusive so 36 out of 50 that's more than half and just regardless that's that's scary you know what I'm saying like I know people have their own shit and parents like to do things their own way and you know people believe that they know what's best for their child which is like you know I'm not a parent so I don't know I'm I'm an aunt I'm a safe adult in some people's lives but I'm not a parent um and I think that that's that's best for everybody but uh (laughs) um but like my thing about sex education i just i already said it i'll keep saying it's like i mean i wish there were more trusted adults in the world where where we can have research base look if you if you are under the sound of my voice and you have a, a fucking phone in your hand start asking google questions just how we do on the sex talk ask questions why do i feel arousal in my genitalia what is that what is that? You know what I'm saying? What should I do about that? If I'm going to do something about it, what is it? How do I do it safely? You know, what's legal? What's appropriate? Et cetera, et cetera. We have literal, we have literal computer encyclopedias in our hands at all times. If you have a phone, if you have a smartphone, you know, take advantage of that. Okay. So is there harm, is there harm increased from lack of holistic sex education um absolutely i i think absolutely harm is increased when when there's a group of uneducated people around each other engaging with each other or having private time with one another there is a a, a space for harm to take place 
in any type of capacity, um, whether it be lack of awareness, lack of education, lack of social, you know, social skills, um, social, being able to read social cues, emotional maturity, et cetera, et cetera, that you add sex into that. Oh my God, it's a ticking time bomb. This place finna blow up. Run! You know what I'm saying? But I think that uh, sex education, if you grow up in church or even just parents are, are very like absent, abstinence-based, sex-negative, shame-based, fear-driven. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's seldom that I hear those stories from those people who grew up. They're like, yeah, my parents were super open about sex. We had like real open conversations about it. They didn't mind me having sex as long as I did, I, as long as I was safe, didn't get anybody pregnant or did get pregnant and or I didn't do it in in our home you know what I'm saying so and then I've even heard stories of people saying like yeah my mom got me and my boyfriend a hotel we had sex you know she don't want me doing it in her house um and this is just talking about men and women we ain't even talking about the LGBTQ community yet you know what I'm saying so and I I think that there's a stigma that comes with people who are uneducated about the LGBTQ community that think that um LGBTQ like people who are naive, people who are virgins to the LGBTQ community <laughs> think that um, queer people are sexual deviants and they just like to have sex with the same sex or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that's a myth. It's a lie. Sexual orientation is way deeper than that. Gender identity, all that shit. You know what I'm saying? But I digress. So let's talk about religion right quick. <laughs> nice little segue. Sexuality, religion. Um, so I want to... I want to, when I think of sex and religion, I think of conviction. And so the definition, the the Google definition of conviction is, uh, number one, a strong belief or opinion um, of political convictions. Number two, the state of mind of a person who is sure that what he or she believes or says is true. Um, Example, she spoke with conviction. Number three, the act of proving or finding guilty, the the state of being proven guilty. Um, example, he appealed his conviction. Okay, so that's that's just the Google definition of conviction. Now, if you're a spiritual person or you grew up in a religious environment or like a black church, I ain't never really, mm, I lied, I lied. I've heard white people talk about spiritual conviction, so I had to think about it. I, I spent some time with some white people, some white Christians in the last few years of my life and I'm like oh yeah we have similar terminology religious terminology <laughs> but what do you think about that are you a white religious Christian what do you think about that <laughs> let me stop playing so example of the way I learned about spiritual conviction is um convicted like when you feel like okay since we're talking about sex and shit like that um I've heard people talk about it like this me and my girlfriend, you know, we, we've been having sex lately and I just feel so guilty about it. I just feel like I was, you know, like I was praying about it and I feel like God really convicted me and I just need to go repent and get prayer and da 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 and all this other stuff. Cause I, we're just suffering. I'm just suffering from so much conviction, some spiritual conviction, right? Or whatever. I think that guilt that you're feeling is from the environment that you're in. That's very sex negative and shit like that. But um, yeah, I've I, I grew up hearing that type of those type of conversations often. It's like yeah, I just God convicted me. God convicted me. And I actually saw a scripture. I should have I should have wrote it down. But um, I saw when I was looking up different articles and doing my research and stuff like that. There was actually a scripture that said that uh, God doesn't convict you. 
don't quote me on it i should have i should have wrote it down but it was it was just basically saying like like most things there's a scripture in the bible that talked about um you know basically accountability and i don't even think the the word conviction is in the bible but don't quote me on it let me just google it i should have wrote it down i just felt like i was i was i try to keep these notes to a minimum um so i try not to put everything in them because i don't want to do too much And like I said, we always talk about it in, um, yeah, it, it, it's the, I think it's the scripture, John 16, eight, and it says the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin to help us understand what conviction of sin is, we, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I think the, the article that I, that I was looking at was talking about how, um, this scripture was taken out of context and it's not about making people feel guilty. Um, but you know, what's crazy about the, the religious experiences, like spiritual abuse has a whole spectrum to it and not everybody has similar experiences when it comes to certain terminology and language. Um, very, uh, I think when it comes to spiritual abuse it's very shame based, guilt based, you know, oppressive and stuff like that. But, you know, like these spiritual institutions have definitely found a way to do that in different ways. So the conviction route, let me know what you think about that. What was, what has your, has been your experience when it comes to spiritual guilt or conviction or shame or all these different things and, and being in a sex negative environment. But, um, I just think that when it comes to people, I think that regardless of how you, my theory is that regardless of how you identify or regardless of what you believe in and things like that, I think that sex is a very natural thing, sexual desire, sexual nature. It's a part of us being a human. And if you're not ready to have sex or if you're not, you know, like if you believe that if you genuinely want to wait to have sex when you get married or whatever, you know what I'm saying? I just feel like there's ways to reduce harm prior to that day. And I feel like you know like even people who masturbate or self-soothe and things like that who are in religious environments there's so much shame around touching your body and achieving climax it's like achieving climax post-nut clarity can really help with a lot it relieves stress it can help you you know what i'm saying make better decisions um it can help you not be as distracted or foggy foggy minded and stuff like that I used to have a horrible relationship with masturbation I've been masturbating for a long time and I used to like for so many years I think recently like these last two years I've I've had a healthier relationship with masturbation um but I always used to feel like there was something wrong with me or like you know like it was just such the wrong thing to do because that's what was drilled in my head um for so long and and even now to this day like uh, when it comes to like sexually impure thoughts or what you know like being taught about like on in the in the most basic form of sexual thought right i'm not going into i'm not going into depth about anything i'm literally just talking about sexual thoughts period basic sexual thoughts like i'm thinking about sex right now period you know legal sexual thoughts um just being taught that sexual thoughts 
are a sin and they're impure and all this other stuff is just so fucked up and it will make you think that there's something wrong with you when you're just having a regular thought and we're about to get into that too so don't even worry but having a sexual thought is normal it's natural we're sexual beings um but when we but when we uh demonize sexual thoughts that's when we run into the issue of demonizing our sexual uh, desires and what we do to to achieve sexual uh, satisfaction, i.e., masturbation. You know, so it, it's all really connected. But you know, that's why we're here to talk about it and work it out. Okay, so boom. Now, um, like I said, in the most basic and practical form, sexual thoughts are natural. Um, and if you feel some type of way about your sexual thoughts, go see a sex therapist or trusted person and get that shit out talk about it okay what do you think about that are you thinking because if you are i'm proud of you um boom so what are the stats about these things how much how much do people think about sex if sexual thoughts if sexual thoughts are impure and all that to put this in context Let's think. Let's let's talk about how much people actually think about sex. If if sexual thoughts are impure, right? And I'm gonna connect it in a second, so don't even worry. Boom. Contrary to popular belief, women think about sex just as much as men do. Basic instincts are anything but basic. In surveys, uh, to have stamped that fact, ladies think about sex on an average of 18.6 times a day, which works out once every 51 minutes. Now, like like I said, this is just a binary. Sounds like we think about it all pretty equally. So if I'm thinking about if I'm thinking about sex 18 times a day, which means 50 every every 51 minutes, I'm and and then I also think that every sexual thought that I have is impure. That's a lot of shame to hold in my mind in one day. Like that's too fucking much. You know, and I just don't, I don't agree with that. I don't agree that basic, natural, sexual thoughts and sexual, sometimes I have flashbacks, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes I'll have a flashback, a random flashback out of nowhere to a time that I was having some really great sex with somebody and then boom, now I'm impure because I had a a memory. Like that's, I don't fuck with that. You know what I'm saying? If you're out there still teaching that natural sexual thoughts and and flashbacks from sexual, positive sexual experiences are impure, you can go, you can go, you know, there's a special place for you. (laughs) That special place, yeah. What do you think about that? How often do you think about sex? Do you think that you think about sex more than 18.6 times a day? Let me know. I, you know, I would, I would say like it, and also it depends. You know, I think you know for for people who have periods, before our period comes, I don't know about every. I can't speak for everybody, but I know that when I when my period is on the way, I get very horny, um, and my body my body starts to change, and I start eating chocolate, and I'm really emotional and sensitive, and I think that my maternal instinct, well, obviously my maternal and um like nurturing instinct kicks in so i want i crave intimacy and and 
if I'm not involved with someone that I can be intimate with, then I am, well, I'm always intimate with myself, but I'll choose intimacy with myself. And that looks like masturbation. And sometimes I masturbate a lot when I'm about to be on my period or when I'm attracted to someone and we're in a phase where we're just still talking or like getting to know each other and stuff like that. It's like, I need a lot of post nut clarity to make sure that I'm making sound decisions um, between me and that person. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just trying to make, you know, good decisions and the world out here telling me that my, my thoughts are sexually impure. Stop it. (laughs) But anyway, back to these stats. Um, so it says also college men think about sex once or twice an hour, statistically no more or less than they think about eating or sleeping. So yeah, I think lifestyle has a lot to do with how much we think about sex too, because when it, I can assume that, well, it just says college men, but, um, let's, let's assume this person, this college man is living on a university and you got a ton of classes. You got to go back and forth all over the university. Let's not throw in extracurricular activities and having a social life and homework and work. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be thinking about sex, eating and sleeping too. If I have all that on my plate, like I want, I want to, I want to sleep fuck and eat and shit I'm gonna think about that you know what I'm saying twice an hour I'll probably be thinking about it more times than that if my schedule was that packed you know what I'm saying so but I digress research has not always consistently revealed gender differences in frequency of sexual thoughts that's good to know which I I think that what I'm fighting for right now in this conversation is that sexual thoughts are, are natural and everybody thinks about sex regardless of what, what your orientation is. I mean, identity or orientation. Um, and then last but not least, it says more research is needed within with people past age 25 regarding frequency of sexual thought. And also, I, w- I would like to add to that stat is that um, amongst, uh, like, I would want to see more, like, if it's over 25, I would definitely want to see more uh, gender and race, too. Like, you know. I just out of curiosity, do I think do I think that uh, you know, excuse me, Asian people think of sex less than um, Latino people? No, I but I would be I would be curious to know who's thinking of what when and how do they identify? You know, what do you think about that? Who do you want to know is thinking about sex? <laughs> Are you thinking about sex? I I don't know. Am I thinking about sex? Not right now. I'm thinking about these notes. I'm thinking about what I'm talking about. I'm actually thinking about... I was thinking about this nap that I want to take too. I want to take a nap. I'm thinking about that. It's funny because I'm talking about sex, but I'm thinking about sleep. Like the college man. (laughs) But anyway, let's talk about celibacy versus abstinence versus sexual discipline. So um, there's a conversation that we had. It was a bonus conversation a while ago. I posted a video on um, our Instagram page and it's, it's called Why Celibacy? Now, if you've been following me for a while and you know me, you know that I, I was practicing sexual discipline for 1094 days. I did not have sex. And um, it was really cool. It was really interesting. I learned a lot about myself and I healed a lot. And it was just really great. I, I, I would encourage anybody to try it, you know, give it a shot. Um, and things like that. But for me, I, it, it, and if you have time, go ahead and it's a 30, I think it's a 30 minute video. 
um it's on our instagram page at the sex talk tv and i and i called it why celibacy at the time is because i i was still on the religious side of things and that's what i believed in um but for me it went from celibacy to abstinence to sexual discipline and the reason why i transitioned from there is because like from celibacy to abstinence the more that time went on i'm like well my outcome for this is not really religious or or I'm not going to say spiritual it definitely wasn't religious and the 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 people I was following that believed in celibacy were binary heterosexual Christian people that believed that uh, marriage was the outcome of practicing celibacy but that's not what I wanted at the time or and I still still to this day I don't know um I I don't know if I want to be married. I I don't know. I'm still figuring it out and what marriage even means to me. And so I processed that for myself. And I was like, well, let me just say abstinence. And the reason why I stopped saying abstinence is is because it was just like the the in in the in the most purest form, <laughs> pure in the most like basic form. Abstinence means to abstain, just to stop you know and so for me it was more than that there was like more meaning to it there was more depth to it it's not that I I was just not having sex because I just stopped I was have I was not having sex for a spiritual reason it wasn't religious and so then I I chose discipline because I feel like discipline is discipline really changes you practicing discipline will really change your mind your spirit your heart your body, whatever you discipline yourself with, it will really change you. It will really build you. It will really mold you, you know? So, and, and, and to be specific, it was sexual discipline. And so for me, it transformed from celibacy to abstinence to sexual discipline. What do you think about that? Language is everything. Language means a lot. You know what I'm saying? So to go from there, and things like that. Um, yeah, I'm just curious to know what you guys think about that. That's my experience. What about y'all? You know, and if you and if you are a person that's practicing celibacy and you might be a more religious person, let me know your thoughts and how you feel about that. Or, you know, like your goals for celibacy and things like that. Um, but also too, what I what I unlearned a lot. It's funny because practicing sexual discipline helped me unlearn a lot of purity culture because I started to challenge different thoughts that I was taught and things that were ingrained in me growing up. And and this is why this is the root of why I even started the sex talk because I was in certain spiritual st- settings with my peers and stuff like that and we were talking about everything but sex and everybody just avoided talking about sex at all costs. All costs ever. Like, you know, like <laughs> and I'm like I'm not getting the answers that I want and I'm just going to seek them on my own. You know what I'm saying? Um so that's why I believe in doing your research, asking Google, do your own thing. You know what I'm saying? Of course, with wise counsel, of course, absolutely. I don't think we should do anything alone. We need community. I definitely believe in community, you know, but yeah, just just search for yourself. Search for yourself. What does this mean for you, for yourself, you know? And then you got your youth Bible study situation. I don't know if y'all ever experienced this, but you know, I had my, I had a purity ring. I bought myself a purity ring. This was like when I was 26. 25 26 I can't remember but that's when I bought it and I practiced for well 1094 days I think that's a little over three years or about three years um so if you want to pull out your calculator you could do the math but I'll never forget all those days I earned them days in this bitch but um sexual discipline taught me a lot outside of sex it taught me a lot about my non-sexual decisions as well 
Uh, but anyway, you got your purity rings, your purity pledges, and then you got your examples of people taking the candy bar and passing it around. And, and everybody who has the candy bar either take a bite or they take a piece of the candy bar. And then, and then they're like, yo, if you, if this, you're the candy bar and everybody you have sex with is taking a piece of the candy bar. And then when you get married, there's nothing for you. There's nothing for your spouse because everybody ate off the candy. You know, and so do you want that for yourself? That is a horrible way to tell somebody about their self-worth. That is a horrible analogy. I do not agree with it. Self-worth has nothing to do with sex. How you go about getting that sex, uh, probably, you know, but those are non-sexual. Those are non-sexual decisions that you make in order to get a, a certain sexual experience. That's why we're talking about it. You know what I'm saying? So. Oh my goodness, I, I'm not yelling at y'all. Y'all know that. I'm just thinking about all the people who have young people, women, queer folks, uh, black folks, you know, people who are marginalized, everybody who's on the, the under the dominating side of privilege. Oh my God, got us fucked up. But yeah, if you ever had a a, a Bible study experience, a youth Bible study experience, or even just outside of purity coach, outside of a religious context, just there, you know, there were purity culture movements, societal purity culture movements, conferences. Like I watched documentaries about mainly white people. It was a ton of white people, tons of them, you know, and and like adding race into it is a whole nother perspective. You know what I'm saying? But, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I didn't go to those type of purity movements, but there was definitely a societal purity movement. You know, I should have wrote the name down, but if you're interested in finding the documentary, look up societal purity movement. There was like, there was like concerts and conferences and like weekends, like weekend business trips of people traveling all over the world and to these uh, purity balls and purity conferences to make a pledge to be pure until insert whatever the goal is that shit is insane okay um and so let's talk about sexual trigger warning let's talk about sexual shame and assault survivors right so what what about assault survivors what about people who didn't choose to start having sex? What about them? You know what I'm saying? What What about that community of people? What about... So, are they impure? Are we impure? You know what I'm saying? Because somebody else took it in upon their... You know what I'm saying? They took it upon their uh, power. To abuse their power. And take what wasn't theirs or gifted to them wasn't mutual wasn't consensual you know what I'm saying like I have a problem with that I have a problem with people drilling it into other people's mind that if you have sex if you have sex before your marriage you are impure okay so what about my candy bar if I've experienced sexual assault what about my candy bar I didn't give it to anybody it was actually taken from me what about that like, I just, that's just shit I can't fuck with. I, I don't believe in that. I just don't believe in it. And I think it's very, I think it's evil to try to convince somebody that their candy bar is less of a candy bar just because somebody stole it. You stole my candy bar. So I'm less of a person because you stole from me? That don't make sense. Make it make sense, society. 
This sound like some hetero cis white male shit. <laughs> but I think that that's very, I think that that's very detrimental to he- the healing process of assault survivors. You know what I'm saying? Like it, 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 it's already, it already fucks you up like, psychologically when you are impacted by sexual violence, number one. So I already have this shame and this guilt that I'm dealing with and I'm carrying around until I'm ready to work through that and, and grieve through that. And then you got these different um, societal messages coming to me saying that I'm less of a person because I haven't, I didn't wait till marriage. What? Who's free? Y'all need to shut the fuck up. But in all seriousness, what do you think about that? You know, I think that there's very, 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 very delicate. There's very delicate and and beautiful work that takes place to heal from abuse. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've experienced my, I've had my own experiences and I've heard other stories and it just takes a lot of work. You know, like I always tell my friends, like our, our, our wound, our wound isn't our fault, but our healing is our responsibility. And it's like, you know, shout out to the people who took matters in their own hands to, to build themselves back up, you know, with little to no help. If, if you didn't have help to get back on your feet and, and find worth in yourself when when it was taken away from you you know what I'm saying and shout out to boundaries shout out to people who established those boundaries and and rework their life to make sure that they can reduce harm in their life to assure that they can have positive experiences and shout out to people who uh reimagine sex in a positive way after those type of experiences have taken place and no your candy bar is not less of a candy bar just because somebody stole that shit you know what I'm saying? Like that. Mm. I wish somebody would say that shit to me to my face. <laughs> now that I'm an adult. <laughs> you know? Oh my God. But what do you think about that? Okay. Um, and then you, in my experience, so as a as a queer person growing up, people were trying to drill it in my head so bad that I was, I was I'm queer because I was assaulted. You know what I'm saying? Like, um... First of all, no. No. Now, let's be real. Does does sexual assault in, in, um, impact or influence certain sexual behavior? Absolutely. Research will tell you that. Psychology research will tell you that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I'll always get behind research. But do I but do I believe that it will make you it will it will change your sexual orientation and gender identity? No, I don't believe that. I don't, I don't believe that because of my own experiential knowledge and stories that I heard from people I know personally, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, y'all could miss me with that shit, but, um, <laughs> I think that there is, I think that when it comes to sexual assault and queer identity, those things are very separate, but people in society, especially religious folks try to make them very synonymous. They try to put them all in one category it, just because they're stupid. Just because you're ignorant and edu- uneducated, you try to, oh, I don't understand sexual assault and I don't understand queer people. So we're just going to put them all in the bucket. No, it don't work like that. It's very separate. And it's very, and you got to handle it with care. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, being queer or being a being a, an assault survivor doesn't make you less of a person. Just it's just a part of you. it's just a part of who you are. Uh, your queer, queer identity is a part of identity, and assault is an exp- is not even an experience. You know, it's a it's something that took place. 
in your life you know what i'm saying like clearly I'm, <laughs> I'm getting so riled up about this because i'm thinking of all the conversations and stories that i heard growing up it's just like what the fuck is wrong with people what's wrong with humans what's wrong with us but anyway <laughs> i digress let me calm down um <laughs> uh yeah and then um boom food for thought right so from religious context i got a question this is just food for thought i might not have too much to say about this but i just want to leave this right here so if jesus died when he was 33 why didn't we talk about him being an infant or a toddler or a preteen going through puberty or sexual desires or discipline right i mean for for christ's sakes (laughs) for christ's sakes Jesus hung out with Mary Magdalene, which was a prostitute, right? Or a sex worker. Prostitute is what they call her in the Bible. Sex worker, okay? So you're telling me the 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 Christ, like Jesus's, I mean, uh, God's son, Jesus, hung out with all these unruly people and didn't have sexual desires? You telling me he wasn't taking something down? You know what I'm saying? Like, miracles are sexy as fuck. I don't know about you. But if I saw a motherfucker perform a miracle, I might get a little aroused. I don't know. But um, if the purpose was for God to come down and walk the world in human flesh and everything that comes with it, why haven't we addressed that in church? Because there were stories about Jesus fasting and praying to defeat his flesh when the, when the devil was testing him. Even also before Jesus was arrested, he had to pray because he knew it was about to get arrested because Judas uh, betrayed his ass. He knew. He knew. It's like, okay, I'm about to die. Like, I I am about to die. If I knew I was about to die, I would run. Like, I would. But that nigga stayed. You know, he stayed because he knew. Like, that was the plan. So you're telling me that Jesus could pray and fast to defeat his flesh? in regards to being tempted by the devil and also like seeing through like yo my dad sent me down here to die for you niggas and it's about to happen so and i gotta sit through all this shit you're telling me that that nigga wasn't masturbating or fucking like come on wait let's be (laughs) oh my goodness so moving on that's just food for thought what do you think about that? Um, my theory, my theory about sex and spirituality. In my experience, sex is a very, very spiritual activity, right? And so, being in touch with the divine can be a very intimate experience and can produce arousal, vulnerability included. So, where are there safe spaces for folks to process through the spiritual experience that happens with sex? Um, and I think that a lot of us fear intimacy. Um, just off GP, just in, uh, intimacy and vulnerability is very scary and it'll make you feel very naked even with all your clothes on. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I think that vulnerability, like when you have a, a, a divine encounter with what you believe as far as your higher power, I think that that's very de- vulnerable. It's very intimate and vulnerability and intimacy are can be synonymous with arousal. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think that separating sex and spirituality, um, is it is more detrimental than actually grouping them together. Like if you're gonna group something together, I would say sex and spirituality, not assault and, and orientation. Like you know what I'm saying? All they're all different things. They're all they all have their you know counterparts. But you know, it's like let's just talk about it. Let's just talk about it. Um. Okay. And then let's talk about sexual. Uh, 
sexual and emotional maturity. So when I was looking up the definition of maturity, I um I don't think I like the response. Yes, that's why I didn't. That's because they use the word mature to define maturity. How many times do I gotta say I hate that shit? But um, so excuse me. Whoa. <laughs> After looking at di- uh, different different definitions and then also thinking about what I thought about maturity like how Sunny, how have you matured you know what I'm saying I think my definition that I gathered from all the different definitions that I read was that um, maturity means growth within attitude and behavior and I think that not verbatim that was one of the definitions but I think that was a part of it and I was like yeah when you have growth in your attitude and behavior that is maturity growth is maturity um, especially with sexual attitudes and sexual behavior, um, just just in a basic form, like my sexual attitude has changed, and my polit- sexual politics has changed as I've grown and had experiences and learned more about sex, and my sexual behavior has changed too, especially to the point where I felt like I needed to dis- practice discipline first before I reengage with sexual activity. Okay. Um, but what do you think about that? How have you, how, how has your emotional maturity, you know, impacted your sexual experiences and things like that? Sex is such an emotional thing. Now, do I believe that people can tap into se- a, ho- a hookup culture and do a, you know, wham, bam, thank you, um, person, uh, <laughs> I don't want to choose ma'am or sir or whatever, but wham, bam, thank you, sir, ma'am, person, um, to get their shit off totally do your thing is that for everybody no do i think hookup culture can improve with the way that people treat each other because we are human beings and we have emotions and all that fun shit totally i think a lot of things can improve that's just me that's just me little old sunny from the twin cities okay um so uh last but not least how to how wait did i lie yeah, I lied. That's not last but not least. How to have a healthy relationship with sex. Um, so I asked on Instagram what people thought about um, how to how to build a healthy relationship with sex in your body um, in order to have sex. Well, well, I don't know. Just off GP, I'm like, in order to have sex, you got to use your body. You got to use some part of your body to have some type of sex. And so, how do I have a how do I have a good relationship? With my body, in order to have a good relationship with sex, what do I need to do to, with those things? Um, and so, like, the the list that I created was, uh, you know, to build sexual integrity, build sexual maturity, um, develop your emotional intelligence, um, and uh, communicate, develop your communication and vocabulary skills. Now, are these, and have body awareness, sexual exploration, and clear, and have clear sexual goals and execution, okay? Are these things easy? No. But in order to have in order to have things worth keeping or things worth experiencing, it takes work and sacrifice and discipline. And I don't know about you, but I want to have some bomb ass sexual experiences. I want my sexual experiences to be so fucking dope that on my last day on earth that I just smile about everything. I never want to have a negative sexual experience ever again. Like that's how, you know, so for me personally, I'm willing to improve my integrity, maturity, intelligence, emotional intelligence and my skills and vocabulary. That's why we're here. Body awareness, sexual exploration, you know, da da da. That's why we're here to have the sex talk is to improve these things. You know, like if that's what you want, 
And when I talk about communication and vocabulary, I was telling my friend about the sex buffet. I don't know if I talked about this here yet, but I learned from a different sex educator years ago before I even thought about being a sex educator. Um, you know, the buffet is like, you know, you take your plate, say you say you and your and your sexual partner are at the buffet and you both have plates and you guys go down um, the line and you're like, okay, I'm going to get some, I'm going to get some tuna. I, I like tuna. I'm going to get some tuna and some crackers. And, um, I don't know what kind of buffet this is that has tuna and crackers, but whatever. And then I'm going to get some chicken and some American fries. And then I'm going to go over here and get some orange chicken. Cause maybe this is an American and Chinese fusion. And then I'm going to go get some ice cream and eat this all in one sitting. You know what I'm saying? And um, maybe my sexual partner was like, well, I went for roast mashed potatoes and asparagus and I got a dinner roll and then I'm going to have some ice cream later, but I don't feel like having it right now. Um, but, um, I'm going to get some orange chicken too. Now we got different shit on each other's plate, but you know, I like roast, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I wasn't thinking about having roast right now, but we could talk about that. I like, I like roast and mashed potatoes together and I'll tear that shit up. But I was actually just thinking about something else. So let's communicate about this because I want to tap into, I want to tap into this tuna real quick and then we can get into your roast. And then we both, we, you know, I actually like dinner rolls. So I, I, I want some of that on my plate too. And then, um, and then I'll just, you know, I'll wait to have my ice cream cause I want to have that with you, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's a huge analogy for sex, right? Not everybody does, not everybody engages with sexual um, activity the same or at the same time. Or maybe you, you went into the sexual experience thinking like, hey, I want to start with anal and end with oral or vice versa. Or this person was like, I didn't want to get in oral today. You know what I'm saying? But let's talk about it. You know, that's the sex buffet. <laughs> But yeah, talk about these things, develop your vocabulary and be transparent. And that's why I say clear sexual goals and execution, because so much harm can be created when you just assume that somebody wants something. I don't know. The last person that I was sexually involved with, I think I got on their nerves how much I asked. Is it okay for me to touch you? Can I do this? Is that okay? All this other stuff. And I think over time, like, yes we can we can develop that type of understanding with one another and but develop that um consent with one another but right now I, I i feel most comfortable asking for your consent in these times until we we build more comfortability and safety with one another but for me i'd rather i'd rather yeah i'd rather do i'd rather be right i'd rather do it right up front instead of you know what i'm saying like before during and after care um, is important. And I don't know. I I just don't, I just don't know how I would feel if I feel like that. I, you know, um, I cause harm to somebody. So that's why we got to take our time and have conversations, communicate before, during, and after, and, um, have body awareness and have clear goals with one another before we engage in sexual activity. But what do you think about that? Um, and then, tips on how to build a healthy relationship with your body and sex i would just definitely say and these are things that people added shout out to everybody who commented this is a mixture of my thoughts and um the uh, our followers thoughts on instagram is look at yourself naked look directly at your genitalia which i always talk about journal about your sexual experiences speak to a sex therapist or a trusted person who is sexually experienced okay um 
and ask questions do research and listen to the sex talk okay if you're here you're you're on the you're on the right path my guy you're on the right path okay <laughs> um keep this in mind anything we don't work out we act out and if we act it out, and we act it out sideways so if there's something if there's something on inside your heart or inside your spirit and you're like I don't I, I I'm just not I'm not I haven't come to terms with this completely I don't know exactly how I feel etc etc talk to somebody about it you know what I'm saying like there's there's sexual there's sexual desires and experiences that people want to have that they might feel are weird they might feel shame about you know da 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 I I would say take it to you know if it's legal if it's legal okay take it to a sex therapist I mean, even if it is illegal, please seek professional help and get help. You ain't going to find that type of help here because I ain't that type of, you know, educator. But, um, and I'm not a therapist. But uh, <laughs> um, seek help, please. Everybody seek help in, 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 in any, any type of form. But, um, like, I've talked about this before. I've talked about this before. People have different kinks. People have different things that get them aroused and turn them on and help them achieve climax. And I talked about Dan Savage, uh, Dan Savage's uh, uh, column in the city's pages is called Savage Love. And there was people who wrote to Dan Savage and asked him different questions and asked him for advice about different things. And and one of one of the one of the columns that I'll never forget is that there was this guy who was like, you know, um, I want my wife to step on my balls and I'm scared to tell her that because I think she's gonna think I'm weird and want to leave me etc etc I think that there's a community of people in the world somewhere that enjoys getting their balls stepped on you gotta go find them and you gotta go have a conversation with them and you you know do do something you know what I'm saying but if you but if you let that sit and fester and you resent you not getting your 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 ball stepped on and your your sexual thrill achieved you you're gonna be upset and it, you're gonna act out and it's gonna come out sideways and to reduce harm just let it come out your mouth pause let like t- talk about it okay and also it's like hey you know, if that's not your person's kink, maybe you guys can set something up where you can you can find someone who who specializes in that kink and you can make sure you can get your ball stepped on on Tuesday nights. You know what I'm saying? Might cost a little money because we pay sex workers around here. You know, we we respect paying sex workers. <laughs> that came out wrong. <laughs> but um, talk about it. Okay, and sexual partners should leave better than when you found them, not worse. Okay, I did a live about, uh, uh, I did a live called This This One's for the Hoes. Shout out to my self-identified hoes out here doing your thug thizzle. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I was just having a conversation about, you know, I was just having a, I was, I was just having a rant session actually about women who shame other women for other women's sexual um, uh, sexual expression, sexual thoughts and experiences and things like that. Um, I don't, I'm not a fan of it, you know, used to contribute to it. Okay. Because the way I was raised and conditioned and I'm still unlearning still to this day. Um, but I think boundaries, ethics, and morals and communication is important. 
um, to, you know, any type of sexual activity or desire or understanding, right? Um, But I was saying, like, you know, if I had a penis, I would gladly give it to, you know, different people because I know that you would leave better than in which you came. Your encounter with my penis would be great. If I had a penis, now I don't have one. I bought one, but I don't have one, like, attached to my body. I wasn't born with a penis. But anyway, but, but my point is, yeah, I agree. Sexual partners should leave better than you you found them, not worse. And that's, you know, like, that's my desire for the sex talk is to just talk about this and open up space for people to, you know, learn, grow, mature, reduce harm, and have better sexual experiences and a better relationship with sex, sexuality, and sensuality. You know, so with that being said, I just want to say thank you for tapping in. Thank you for listening. I appreciate y'all so much. I can't believe that we're about to be at two years of doing this thing. I've learned so much. I've grown so much. And I've I've actually matured so much because of this space that's been created. But I can't do it without y'all. And so I really appreciate it. I really hope you guys are enjoying season uh, five. And um, don't be afraid or hesitant to let me know your feedback. Don't be hesitant to email us, drop comments, communicate with us. Like I said, I can't have the conversation without you. Please continue to support us. Send our profile and information to your friends and start the conversation and um also uh also uh if you want to support the sex talk please feel free to do so by uh cash app or venmo at tst tv 143 also we still do have an amazon wish list um going because there's some equipment that we need for uh you know our guests we have multiple guests and we want to record our podcast in better quality but that's you know what i'm saying we doing our thing so i i really love and appreciate y'all please take good care of yourself don't forget to look at your genitalia and touch your body and yeah have a good night love you bye